0: Good afternoon baseball fans. It is Friday, December good. Lord, October 27th. I uh this, you know, this is what you get when um you get a free show, you get a host that doesn't even know what fucking month it is. I apologize about that. Um it's been a long if, year. <laughs> tell me about it. Uh if you're new around here, uh I am Susie. This is Bourbon and Baseball and this is going to be a uh not safe for work episode. Most of nope. the episodes are not safe for work. Um, lots of cussing, lots of F-bombs. If your children are near and you don't want them to hear this, you should probably, um, put earmuffs on them or, you know, put them away. Not like in a box or anything, just like put send the them children to away. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a very special treat for you today. I have Michaela, uh, Perkins from the PHNX. Network now, Michaela. Um, I I want you to know that I became an instant fangirl of you <laughs> when I was looking for Dbacks podcast a while back, and I had run across a clip of you just basically um, stomping on the grave of the Dodgers because. Yes hi dodgers no and i was like i love this fucking girl and i needed to talk (laughs) to her immediately so i just wanted to give you a big shout out there because thank you oh my fucking god you are awesome So.
1: Thank you. Yes. Any opportunity I have to shit on the Dodgers, I will take it. I am the biggest Dodger hater on the face of the planet. And I feel like, obviously, I know your podcast is very astrocentric. So I feel like that's something we can kind of bond over. But yeah, obviously, the Diamondbacks are in the NLS with the Dodgers, and we've always kind of been looked at as like their little brother. Uh, there's a lot of history between our two teams. They jumped in our pool after they won the NLDS a couple years ago in 2017, and just like a bunch of bad blood. And um, obviously, as a Diamondbacks fan through and through, I hate the Dodgers. And so I think my life peaked when we beat them in the NLDS <laughs> this year. And so uh, when I got to get on that post game show, lost. When you swept. When yes. you swept Sweat. the Dodgers. Swept yes. the Dodgers. Yep. Uh, yep. Did not just beat them, swept them. Um, I had to I had to stomp on their grave because we hardly ever get that opportunity and I just had to take it and it was worth every second of it. I got a lot of angry DMs afterwards, but I couldn't hear them over the sound of the champagne in the locker room anyways. <laughs> so it is what it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that
0: so much. Now, like I said, I um, I came across y'all's uh, podcast um when i was looking for random like diamond back podcasts yes. and now you're not always on there correct no yeah okay. no our
1: so our two main hosts are Derek Montia and Jesse Friedman and they are awesome they cover the D-backs year-round uh they do the podcast five days a week even in the off season and they are just so passionate about the Diamondbacks and they always find something to talk about with this team which is great Jesse is a baseball writer of America a reporter and then um Derek also covers the team as well um credentialed at the ballpark so there are two main guys and then they kind of just add me into the mix whenever they need an extra, you know, boost on the show. I have a lot of energy. Um, I actually used to work for the Diamondbacks. So I'm really close with the team. I love baseball. I'm a baseball girl through and through. It's my favorite sport. It's the best sport in the world. I'm also a traditionalist. So I keep the book and listen to the radio radio broadcast. Like I am a baseball girl. So they just they bring me on whenever they need a little extra oomph to the show, I guess. (laughs) Michaela,
0: I am falling in love with you more and more. Like the more you talk, I'm all like, I, this, this, this girl, she's my person and I love her. So spirit, spirit animals. Um, so have the Diamondbacks always been your team or?
1: No, no, no. I have a little bit of an interesting history. So I grew up in Colorado. Um, so I grew up a Rockies fan. I went to Rockies games with my family as a kid and, I unfortunately have, well, I don't, I don't know if I would say unfortunately, I've decided to not be a fan of the Rockies anymore um, (laughs) until they get a new owner because their owner is a moron and he doesn't care about the team. The team is basically just a money uh, thing for him so that he can continue building investments and the Rockies are just abysmal. And I started working for the Diamondbacks in 2018. And so that's kind of when I started to shift alliances a little bit, which is ironic because it was the Rockies and the D-backs in the 2017 wildcard game. Uh And I was there for that game. And I was like so conflicted because I knew I was going to be working for the D-backs, but I grew up a Rockies fan. Um, But yeah, in 2018, when I started working for the Diamondbacks, I started shifting alliances and so now i'm just full blown in it like i suffered through the 110 lost season with them i went through the paul goldschmidt trade like i've been there in the trenches with this team so i have fully defected over to the diamondback <laughs> side uh i cannot even stand i didn't i boycott the rockies i can't stand to even look at them they are dead to me and until they get a new owner which will probably be never i will never pay attention to them again <laughs>
0: oh my goodness michaela that is hysterical i love that so um i I need everybody to know that I am a Diamondbacks lover and it's not just been like a recent thing. Last season I was on, I was on the D-backs train. Yeah, girl. (laughs) I was in on Corbin Carroll last season. Um, In December, is it December? Yeah. In December, we, um, my old co-host and I recorded a, an episode where we just did like a way too early prediction uh, show. And I was like, don't sleep on the Diamondbacks. Don't sleep. Now, granted, I didn't have them going to the World Series. That's yes. hand up. That's on me. That's, that's I okay. I don't no, think anyone did. <laughs> no. um, but I was like, don't don't sleep on them. I'm like, you're you're going to want to watch. If anybody needs an NL team, the Diamondbacks are right here. And yep. I was like, it's a very young core. They're super fun. Um, I just, I need everybody to get on this train. And everyone's like the Diamondback CZ, really? I'm all okay. Also, if we need any more like Astros, I don't know, connection. Hello, Brent Strom. Mm-hmm. Like pitching yep. guru ninja wizard, Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I I think Derek, I think Derek said this on one of the shows about Stromy calling Brandon fought in the summertime, maybe, or s- before spring training, I don't remember. Um, but Stromy called um, Brandon fought and had told him, hey, I envision you pitching big innings for us in the postseason and Brandon fought was like I'm sorry what now yes yeah. say what uh, again <laughs> yeah and um I don't think he had actually been brought up yet. I'm not super positive like I said
1: yeah this is uh, his first like full season of the majors this okay, season so
0: yeah th- so did he start on the on the big league ro- roster or did he come up? After opening day.
1: I do believe he started on the big league roster and then he got sent down a little bit in between and then got brought back up. But I do believe he was on the opening day roster. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So
0: um, now the whole starting rotation carousel that, that, that had that happened in the, in the beginning of the season. So um, obviously now you, we have the the one, two punch of, you know, um, Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly. And then now with the emergence of Brandon fought, uh, but at the beginning of the season, we had um, Madison Bumgarner that was also in yes. the rotation, and so now I um, I am, have not been a lifetime baseball girly. I started my baseball fandom in 2018, so I need you I need you to, to to remember that when I tell you these next words. Yes. So when I saw Madison Bumgarner and his you know like five five ERA, that is the only Madison Bumgarner that I know. Yeah. That I that is that lives in my head. Yes. So I watched the 20, I want to say uh 2014 mm-hmm. World Series. Yeah. And Madison Bumgarner is on the mound and they show his ERA. And I'm only like half paying attention. I'm all I, I'm sorry, does does that say Madison Bumgarner and like a, a one next to his? What's happening right now? I had to stop the YouTube and I'm all uh and I my husband's name is Mike I was like Mike um Madison Bumgarner was like a was a good pitcher like a like a really good pitcher at one time and he and he just looks at me and he's like what what is the matter with you yes well no no this this, this this Madison Bumgarner is that the same is that the same Madison Bumgarner that's like on the Diamondbacks right now that has like a five plus ERA he's like yeah I don't I don't know maybe I'm all I my mind when I tell you was blown just yeah. absolutely blown yeah and I was like that's that th- this 2014 Madison Bumgarner is not the, is not the same Madison Bumgarner that is no. The no, no, no. And so um the fact that you guys um, that I guess ownership uh had the conus to be like, um, hi, Madison Bumgarner, let's just, um we will pay you to go away. We'll just pay yeah. you to go away so that, so that um you don't lose us any more games.
1: Yeah. Right? So um the Madison Bumgarner thing, I was never a fan of the, original acquisition of him i thought that they overpaid for a pitcher that was way out of his prime and the diamondbacks kind of have a history of getting into really sticky contract situations of paying people more money than they probably deserve and then trying to figure out how to negotiate out of it aka zach granke uh (laughs) so we it's something that they have a little bit of a pattern of so i really never was a fan of the madison bumgarner acquisition to begin with um i thought he was already out of his prime and they gave him way too much money And he steadily declined. I don't think we ever really got that vintage like 2014 Madison Bumgarner ever on the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then this season, he obviously didn't do (laughs) great at all. Uh, before they DFA'd him, he finished with an 0-3 record and a 10.26 ERA, and uh, he's also making 18 million dollars. So he is one of the highest-paid people on the roster, and he's not even playing. So that's great. Um, Isn't he like the highest-paid? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They read they uh, gave Corbin Carroll an extension. I don't know where that monetarily works out, but yeah, he is definitely up there um, with Cattell Marte as well, who they also gave an extension to, but. It 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 was a disaster and I never was a fan of that move. But I will say when the news came down that Mike Hazen decided to part ways with Madison Bumgarner, I'm not even kidding you. I had this feeling of like, oh, shit, this team is not fucking around because in the past, you know, this team has had to figure out ways to be successful without overspending because we're not a big market team and we can't just like go out and buy whoever we want to come play here we have to be smart with how we play baseball and so knowing where we are and being realistic with our timeline general the general manager mike hazen has done a really good job of trying to retool this team and be smart with the pieces that they have and be patient and invest in that homegrown talent that has come from the farm system and so We've had a lot of like half in, half out, like one foot in the door, one foot out kind of mentality for the past couple seasons. And you've seen like right. a lot of mediocre baseball because Mike Hazen has basically been trying to buy time for the talent that he has cultivated and rebuilt in his farm system to come up and do what they're supposed to do. And so when they decided to DFA DFA Garner, I was like, oh, shit, like I, the, this is not we're not messing around anymore. Like we are going to go like from one foot in, one foot out to two feet in because right. In the past, this team would have just, like, right like gone with it. They're like, all right, my Bumgarner, you're staying in the rotation. Like, here's another season. Like, we'll, we'll maybe get 70 wins and we'll be happy with it. But I had this feeling when they did that. I was like, I think this team is going to not mess around this season. Like, if they can be smart, they might shock a lot of people. And the Bumgarner decision was that first little, like, Oh boy, like I think this is gonna be a different Diamondbacks team. So it was really I loved it. I uh <laughs> I was a little over happy about it. Um <laughs> I obviously like thank you, Bumgarner, for everything you've done. You're a legend in the game, but it was definitely time for the Diamondbacks to move on, and I'm glad they did. So that was a little I was I was starting to get a feeling at that point that in the season that this is gonna be a different Diamondback season for us. So
0: well, and again, I was I was a little surprised that, you know, maybe like at the trade deadline, um, they didn't go get a starting pitcher i mean they got Paul waltz and you know like josh rojas like over to the mariners you go um but the fact that you know you had merrill kelly and zach ellen and then you had brandon fought and then you had what ryan i think ryan nelson started some games for y'all and then tommy Tommy henry Henry?
1: tommy henry yeah we also had um uh zach davies which again fever fever dream fever nightmare
0: (laughs) yeah well, so, but all of those are really, really young kids. Yes. All of them. Um, yeah.
1: For them. I mean, so, and also too, I want to backtrack a little bit. I always get, for whatever reason, Ryan Nelson and Brandon Fah are the same person to me. <laughs> Ryan Nelson made the opening day roster. Brandon Faught okay. did not. Brandon Fah actually debuted in Texas against the Rangers. So little oh, okay. great little uh, oh, sidetrack well, okay. there. Brandon Faught debuted in against the Rangers. But so Ryan Nelson made the opening day roster. Um, Ryan and Brandon are both really young. Um, Ryan was supposed to be a starting pitcher looking more like a bullpen pitcher, but yes, they're both really young. Zach Davies has obviously been in the league for a while. We got him over from the Cubs. Um, and then Zach Allen's only 28. Merrill Kelly's in that same range. So it's not like, um, you know, they're super young, but it's not, you know, like these experienced pitchers like Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, like they're definitely on the younger side. Right
0: so now um the back end of that bullpen obviously um is been lights out yeah and, there, and it wasn't lights out for no. a little while there. Long time. Yeah. i don't think
1: i've ever been <laughs> i don't think i've ever trusted a Diamondbacks bullpen ever in my life <laughs> like jj puts and like the 2001 world series like bullpen maybe or the only like Young Kung kim those are the only ones but but this is like all new for me to be able to like like a bullpen is like earth shattering
0: <laughs> right right well i mean again i didn't start liking baseball until like 2018 but in 2017 i want to say that they made um oh no no excuse me it was 2019 2019 they they had uh coasters made um saying that the uh my my bullpen makes me drink yeah and it's like yeah yeah same same so yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> now saul frank has come up from triple a double yeah
1: um yeah okay. saul frank i believe he was in the Rays system and uh i think that's where they got him from it could be i
0: thought, I thought ryan thompson came oh came yeah sorry there.
1: again all the pictures are the same yeah ryan thompson Rays. saul frank yes came up from okay. the, the system too yeah
0: okay um, now, but he's like super young as well, and he just mm-hmm. barely came up. What, like in August or something?
1: Yeah, like just, super recently. Like he okay. was not with his team for very long at all.
0: So, um, when I first heard about him, I was like, "Who is Sal Frank?" And then I think I, I think I looked, and he had only pitched, I want to say maybe like ten or twelve innings before postseason started. And you're all, "I'm sorry, who now?" And then, yeah, you know, Tori's like, "Hey, Sal Frank." Get your ass in there. Six inning. Go. Well, oh, all right. There you go then.
1: Yep. Um,
0: so and then Ryan Thompson, what like big ass sidewinder from the Rays? And mm-hmm. it's just the Rays are gonna ray and just be like, oh, cool, here, yeah. do that. Well,
1: the Rays are probably kicking themselves a little bit.
0: <laughs> just a little, just a little. And then Seawald coming over from the Mariners kind of felt like I don't want to say a lateral move, but almost like a lateral move from. The Mariners who thought uh that they had a chance at the AO I'm not gonna talk too much shit. Um, because you know, obviously <laughs> we're not in the World Series now, but you know, we, we did win the AOS. <laughs> um, but you know, I think the Mariners thought that that they were a little bit more uh happy with their bullpen over there. So they're like, okay, buy bye Paul Seawold here, here, D yeah. have Paul Seawold. Yeah. So now who did was it a uh, Dominic Canzone and Josh Rojas? Mm -hmm. okay yeah Uh, now that i i was a little sad because that is part of that young core that i was excited about but there's still a really young core of corbin carroll and alec thomas um is jake mccarthy did jake mccarthy make the world series roster
1: no so he has um a little bit of an injury issue so he did not make the nlcs roster or the world series roster and he is in triple a right now
0: okay now is he he's is he the one that's faster than corbin
1: No, No, that's Brandon Fott, actually. Yeah, Brandon Fott is faster than Corbin Carroll, which is Mind-blowing because um, the whole pitchers aren't athletes uh, thing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, according to Brandon Fott, they raced and he is faster than Corbin Carroll. Now, we don't have any confirmed footage of this, but we do have Brandon Fott on record saying that he did beat Corbin Carroll. But yeah, the the Diamondbacks Young core is really, really cool. And they're really fun. We call them the baby Babybacks. Yes. And it's just like an electric factory watching them interact together. They obviously are close because they all came up together through the minor league system. And, um, you know, the bond that they have is like visible, like they, and I think that's something that's also like really special about this team and like why they are where they're at, because they have so much faith in each other. Like they know right. each other. They've grinded together through the minor leagues and sleeping on floors of the hotel rooms and eating cheese sandwiches, like on the road, you know, and it's, it's really cool to watch the young core together because you can tell that they all, care about each other uh-huh. and um they trust each other and you know alec thomas and corbin carroll are really close and um you know you got all those guys together and they've incorporated Geraldo Perdomo and that and um you know even gabby gabby moreno who's uh came over this year from the uh from the blue jays is a uh, part of this too and it's, it's just so cool to watch them they, they just they're a team through and through. And I think that's something that kind of might get lost amongst people that don't follow the Diamondbacks is, um, you know, watching them game, watching them play game, game and game and game again, like they really are a team and they're super close knit. So it's, it's cool to watch for sure.
0: I, I love that so much. And then you guys got Tommy fam. Was it at the trade deadline? You guys got Tommy fam.
1: Yeah, so the trade deadline wasn't as uh, climatic as we were all kind of expecting. I think we all were hoping they were going to get out and go get some more starting pitching help. I know like Lucas Giolito was out there, you know, Marcus Stroman was in the mix, but they did not do that, which honestly I'm kind of happy with because watching Lucas Giolito pitch. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> in the postseason. I was like, "Whoop, dodge the bullet yeah. there." Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the trade deadline was a little anticlimactic in terms of what we were expecting. Now, obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty, it all worked out great. Right. Um, but we were definitely expecting some starting pitching help. Um, you know, Tommy Pham is a veteran in the league, and so not necessarily the flashiest move, but definitely adds some like better leadership in the locker room. Um, has been in postseason situations before, so has ki- kind of some of that experience on that end. Um, but, yeah, the, the trade deadline definitely wasn't what we were expecting. It was nice to be buyers for once because the Max have been sellers for year after year so far. But it was uh, not not the typical thing that we were expecting from them. But right. it worked out. <laughs>
0: um, so Tommy Pham on that team kind of cracks me up because you see yeah. all of these, um, like, really young, kind of wholesome kids. And then there's, like, Tommy Pham. And in my mind, I feel like Tommy Fam is that like older brother. That's like, yeah. what you want to fuck around? And find out? Like, let's go. You want to yeah. talk shit? Okay. You know. And I'm all, no, no, no. I think I think maybe they'll think twice <laughs> about talking shit because yeah. Tommy Fam is on the team, and it cracks me because I feel like I feel like Tommy Fam kind of. Well, I don't know if he gets a a bad rap, but I feel like he he has a very a certain persona that he gives off. You know, that whole like. Slapping Jock Peterson, uh, you know what? Last season, two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and I, I just kind of, it just kind of cracks me up that I'm all that. It's like all of these like young kids, and then Tommy Fam. Yeah. Just
1: like we have Tommy Fam and Evan Longoria. They're both like the grandpas and. <laughs> in the clubhouse and you've got like good cop, bad cop, like Evan Longoria, good cop, Tommy Pham, bad cop. But um, it's so like they somehow it works. Like it, it doesn't seem like it would work because like, I mean, half the team is under 25. Um, when Tori Lovello <laughs> said that in his press conference the other day when he was like, yeah, I mean, we've got uh, half our team is on the age of 25. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so you've got a team of, you know, 25 and under and then you've yeah. got Evan Longoria and Tommy Pham who are like the grandpas in the room. But like it works like right. they just I don't know the the dynamic is so fun like they were doing a beer bucket shower on, on Longo in the in the locker room after they won that NLCS and like they just they find a way to make it work and incorporate one another and even though you know Longo and Tommy FAM are older significantly than yeah. a lot of the team it doesn't really like I think they need that like um Longo had a post-gamer uh presser where he was like you know Talking about Corbin Carroll because Corbin has struggled a lot in the postseason so far on in terms of generating offense, and finally at the last in Game Seven of the NLCS, he kind of was able to wake his bat up a little bit, but. Um, Longo was like, you know, I've been pumping up his tires this whole time and just telling him to stick with it. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, like this happens to even the greatest of baseball players. And that's the type of leadership that we need for the kids like Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas, who, you know, might be in a slump or might be nervous about playing on such a big stage or whatever it is. Like Tommy Pham and Evan Longoria bring that like really like veteran leadership and that like grounding presence and like that experience that these kids needs. And that's like, that's why I think it works so well. And, you know, he was right. Like Corbin spat did wake up and it was good that he was able to kind of help Corbin through that because obviously Corbin is a competitor and he's frustrated that he's not being able to contribute offensively like the rest of the team is and so it's it's cool to see how that dynamic works even though they're a little bit older than the rest of the team (laughs) yeah
0: I I love that I love that so much yeah that last that last series, what I think three runs to stolen bases is some sort of like MLB record for any player in a postseason game that I'm all Oh, that's, that's cool. Corbin Carroll, just doing something that nobody else has done ever in the MLB. That's, I love that for you. Yeah. So, So, um, now Alec, okay. So for our, for the Astros people uh, that listen to this podcast, like all four of you, um, just so that, you know, Alec Thomas is defense wise, probably comparative to like miles straw. Um, but with a better bat, just not, not, not much of a better bat, but like a better bat. And I really feel like if Alec Thomas figures it out with his bat, uh, that kid's going to go
1: far. Yeah, he definitely is the more defensive, like his strong suits on the defensive side, like him in the outfield is unreal. He will make plays that you're like whole, like no one else could have done that. And um, if you don't know Chase Field, like the outfield is huge at Chase Uh Field. It is gigantic. It's one of the biggest in MLB and he covers it like it's, like a minor league field, like he is all over the outfield. So defensively, Alec Thomas is amazing. Uh, definitely not as great offensively, but like you said, if he can like just get that, like the production up on offense, it's going to be unreal.
0: Well, but and also he's, he's super young. So I'm not, you know, like I'm saying, I'm saying this as the super athletic, uh, yeah, right? that I am, <laughs> right? Uh, so now do Corbin and Alec, are they interchangeable right field center field or is that just dependent on the lineup or or like who's who's pitching or how how does that work or is or is Corbin always right field and Alex like center field
1: I'm like 95% sure that they stay uh in their respective fields um obviously if there's a left-handed pitcher they might switch um but for the most part they always stay like in those like outfield spots yeah okay and then lourdes uh is always in
0: left field correct
1: yes yeah okay. lourdes is always left field
0: now so did lourdes came over in that in that dalton bar show trade too right
1: yeah so we got uh lourdes and gabby from okay. gabby marino from the blue jays for dalton bar show and like a couple other like minor uh players
0: okay um so Is that normally? That's normally the starting outfield. Is is, uh, Lourdes Alec and and Corbin. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, Now, talk to me a little bit about um, Nick Ahmed. I know that right before the. No. (laughs) That I'm so sorry. Was that like right before the? Playoffs started? No, no. Yeah. It yeah. It was right started? at the
1: right at the end of the season. He okay. it was it was definitely before the playoffs. It was um right. probably with like a month ish left in the regular season. Um yeah, they DFA Nick Ahmed, who was the longest tenured diamondback on the roster. He was our shortstop. And um I was happy about the move. We got a little bit of hot water here because we a little over celebrated the oh. <laughs> decision. Um, it was a great, great decision for the team. Um, unfortunately, Nick Ahmed was just not producing, um, on the offense. He had a a couple just bonehead move errors, uh, defensively, which, you know, normally Nick Ahmed in his prime, he was probably one of the top five defensive shortstops in baseball. Um, but he just obviously fell off maybe getting older whatever it is, this was just not Nick Ahmed's season. Um, and then when you have a bunch of young guys that are, you know, waiting in the wings, you really can't afford to continue to let stuff like that slide, you know, uh, Geraldo Perdomo play a shortstop. They also called up, um, another prospect who was their highest rated prospect in their system this past, uh, this season drew Jones. Um, and you know, you just, you can't, you can't, uh, make excuses for Nick Ahmed. So it was, uh, a great decision for them obviously sad for the team because you know the team really respects him in the locker room he had um every like you know he's a great guy he was always nice right. to the media just a super um you know great leader great human being great character but it just yeah they, they needed to move on from him so <laughs> when they did we were all okay
0: <laughs> like all right another hole in the lineup plugged got it yes all right. yeah
1: that was uh whenever I saw Nick Almond in the in the lineup I was like oh
0: no why <laughs> um so I I being an Astros fan am a little sad slash salty every time I see Gabby Moreno in the lineup um because I am jealous, just 1,000% jealous that Tori Lavella was like, hey, Gabby Moreno, um, you are a rookie. Uh, but you know what? Let's go for it. Let's. I'm going to trust you, and you're going to run this pitching staff. And um, your bat is so amazing that we're going to put you third in the lineup. And wow. um, that, that, hurts, that hurts my soul, deep, deep, deep in my soul. Because uh, we had a rookie catcher. <laughs> that could not break into the lineup and yes. i'm i'm so sad about it cuz i'm pretty sure had he this we would not there would be a different outcome let me just put it that way and we'll just leave it at that but this is this is a love letter to the the Diamondbacks and not not a disappointment letter to the Astros anyway <laughs> um so maybe maybe you know Michaela maybe i can ask you do you know if Gabby calls the pitches for Meryl and Zach, or just for Brandon, or are they getting the pitches from the from Brent Strom? Like, or- I know that
1: they use like that like headset stuff. The pitch um, com? Uh-huh. yeah, and I'm pretty sure the pitch com is where most of the decision making is coming from. But is um, that is
0: that Meryl Kelly and and Zach Gallon calling their own pitches, or is that Gabby?
1: You know, I don't them? really know. Um, I'll have to see if I can figure that out. I haven't um, really looked at that at all um but yeah I'll have to figure that out because I'm interested to know too because I've never thought of that before like who's calling the pitches for them
0: I want to say that at one point I think I was watching one of the games and I think Zach Gallen was calling his own pitches which you know makes sense but I didn't know about like Merrill and I didn't know about Brandon and you know or if it was you know coming from the dugout or or what and so I was I was interested in that so if you I don't know if you just run that by like Derek or, you know, somebody. Yeah. Hey
1: guys, wait, who's calling these bitches?
0: Susie asked a really good question um, and I need to know this. So, but, okay. So now you said that you, I don't remember if I said this in the intro and I apologize for that. Um, but you run the PHNX like entire social media accounts. Like what's, wait, tell me your exact title
1: yes so i'm the director of social media for phnx so i'm in charge of all of our twitter accounts all 12 of them um i also run our instagram um and then we also have three instagram channels and then i have our TikTok, our facebook i also do all of our marketing so anything related to like shirt sales um events like we run like watch parties and tailgates and stuff like that um i'm doing all the marketing for that so i am a one woman social media show here in phoenix um and it's my dream job so obviously very very grateful for that. But it's a lot social media is 24 seven, so never really get to turn it off. So now PHNX,
0: can you explain kind of like what that is? So it is not just the D-backs. It is all of the Phoenix teams. Am yes. I understanding that? Okay.
1: Yeah. So PHNX is a digital sports network. We are entirely digital based. So all of our content is um, on YouTube and podcasts. So we um, have, we cover every single team in the Valley. So Cardinals, Suns, Coyotes, Diamondbacks. We also do ASU, U of A, the Phoenix Mercury, the Phoenix Rising. Um, and we cover all of them and we all do it through um podcasts so we go live five days a week and then um the shows are live on youtube and then they're available after in an audio format and then we also have credentialed journalists who travel with the team report on the team are in the locker rooms and they write articles which are available on our website and we have a ton of um different types of like events that we do so we aren't just like a media company we're more of like a like a fandom, like outlet, like we have a subscription service that people can subscribe to called our diehards where they get um, access to diehard only content. We have a discord where like all of us, like the talent are in the discord talking with them, like whenever they want to talk. Um, we do events where we like go take over um footprint center and go to a sun's game together and be like all sit together and go to a game and go to a pregame meetup. Um, we've got watch parties where we'll go out to like a sports book and watch the Cardinals game together. So what we're doing is we're really trying to foster diehard Arizona sports fans, which is something that this market needs because Arizona is obviously like a traveler's town. So we get a lot of snowbirds, a lot of people who move here from colder places that bring their alliances to their teams with them. So we're trying to build like a true diehard Arizona sports community here. Um, and we do that through all of our digital means. And um, we actually are just one city in our uh, organization. We operate in f- three other cities. So there's four cities that are uh, the same company that we are, but they're just in different cities. And uh, we are all under the all city network banner. So all city is like our parent company.
0: Gotcha. That's so cool. I love that. We're. I'm going to have to have you back on and just do like a, uh Mika- like how did Michaela get here segment that's just just for my <laughs> own yes. personal like information uh, but that that is so freaking interesting i love that so much yeah. um now did you see have you seen that stat uh someone put it on twitter that uh basically this this season and all of the dates for this world series matches up with the 2001 yeah uh, like all of like the weird yeah there's a lot
1: of weird conspiracy theories happening right now because there's more coincidences than like people realize Uh so every single day a game is being played is the exact same date that it was played in 2001 when the diamondbacks Uh won the world series um George W. Bush is throwing out the first pitch tonight. And he also threw out the first pitch at game one of the world series. Last time the Diamondbacks were in the world series, um, the Diamondbacks are having the same person who performed the national anthem at uh, their first home game in that series perform again this year. Like it's really, really weird. There's so many weird coincidences. And I just like, Everyone's been saying that this is like a team of destiny and I'm going to get on a soapbox for a second here. Do
0: it. Do it baby. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> I obviously am such a fan of this team, uh having worked for them, having covered them. I care a lot about this team, but I don't think anybody had them making it this far. I didn't even have them making it this far. Like at the beginning of the season we did our series predictions. I had them finishing 3rd in the division with like 80 wins. So right. I never imagined that we would be sitting here talking about the diamondbacks playing in the world series but this team feels like a team of destiny and i just like i it hasn't set in yet that we're playing in the world series and i know that when the first pitch is thrown tonight i'm probably gonna cry tears but i just it's impossible to ignore all of the storylines that are happening like all of the magic that had to happen and all the luck and all the hard work and all of like the timing and the opportunity and the the preparation that took to get them to this point and i'm just so excited to watch this unfold and if you guys are looking for a team to cheer for in the world series like cheer for the diamondbacks i promise you like that is a clubhouse full of amazing human beings tori lovello is should be manager of the year actually manager of the year like the whole like brentstrom the bench coach banister like all of them like they're all amazing 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 human beings the players are all awesome like this is a team to cheer for they are the team of destiny and i'm just so excited to watch them play um and i don't think it could happen to like a more deserving group of people like everybody counted them out they have kept all the receipts everybody has talked down on them everyone has counted them out at every single turn like it they have just been talked shit about so much and it's so hard for me to watch because i care so much but i really like i don't want to jinx it and i'm such a superstitious person so i'm not going to say anything but like they are a team of destiny and i promise you like getting behind this team is so worth it because they're so fun to watch and they just find ways to win. Like you think that they're down and out and they're the answer backs. Like they answer back. They find a way to get back into the game. Even if they're down three runs, like they don't give up on themselves or they're down two games in a series. Like it's never over for them. Like it's never over with the diamondbacks. So like, Get on the wagon because this team is so much fun. There's so many reasons to cheer for them. There's so many young stars like Corbin Carroll. My God, like Corbin Carroll is the future of the league. I'm just so excited for them. And I'm so tired. I'm so tired of people saying this World Series matchup is boring. Like, man, man, what is all this? They need to change the playoff format. Like, why are these 16s playing in the World Series? Like, shut up. Shut up. And watch the series. Like, the Rangers are probably statistically the best offense in the American League. Like,
0: they They don't don't
1: give Rangers any credit on this. Sorry. Sorry. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. I know. I know. They know. I know. You're a little salty about the Rangers. But, they are such a good team like on the offense. Um, I mean, I can't say enough about their uh, ALCS MVP. Like it's going to be an electric series. And like, obviously this is the first time we haven't had the Dodgers or the Astros in the World Series in like last eight seasons. But I think that's good for the sport. Like we don't want to turn into the NBA where the Golden State Warriors and the Cavs are always constantly winning the, file, the finals. And it's like easy to predict. Like we love the unpredictability and we yeah. love small market teams getting a chance to shine because they don't have the cap space and the salaries to just buy whoever they want like this is going to be an awesome awesome series so please stop saying it's going to be boring because i promise you it's not (laughs) oh yeah no
0: i i'm so i'm so like so fucking excited to like to watch this and everyone's like oh so what are you doing tonight Susie? i'm all uh game one is on like what are what are y'all doing what what the fuck are y'all doing and they're all oh but the astros aren't in it i don't give a fuck like i i am going to be glued to my sofa to watch this, and I will be 1,000% rooting for the Diamondbacks. And yes. There are, there's we I, I say weird people, and I don't, I don't mean that, like, well, no, you, it is, it is kind of weird, because the state pride here in Texas is just kind of crazy, Um because I'm originally from Vegas, okay. so when people from here, they're like, oh, I'm from Texas, and I'm all, I at no point in time do I ever say, oh, I'm from Nevada. Yeah. I'm from Tech I'm from Vegas. That's that's what people say. Like you typically say, you know, like what city you're from, unless you're from like, you know, California or New York. Like those are like the three, right? Yeah. Um, but so everyone here when they're they're like, oh, okay, so the Astros are out, so it's the Rangers. Well, absolutely not. No, it's always fuck the Rangers here. And my husband is one of those that, oh no, we we have to <laughs> we have to go and we have to root for the rain. No, no, we're not rooting for the Rangers at all, ever. Like we are, no. It is the Diamondbacks,
1: guys. You have to root for the Diamondbacks,
0: but they're like, but we need the World Series trophy to come back from. No, I don't give a fuck. Fuck the Rangers all day, every day. No, absolutely not. Um, So I know that you uh, have to go, but I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly end with these two other little things here. Um, Going back to the kind of eerie coincidences of the you know 2001 World Series to now. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the whole uh, bird. Incident oh, with yeah. um, Randy Rady Johnson. Johnson. But, uh, that also that also happened this season. The ace Zach Gallen um also threw a ball and hit a bird, and you're like, yes. "Well, I'm sorry, what?" So you know. Team of Destiny? I don't know. I just I know. You, you draw your own conclusions, okay? Like, no, I'm problems. saying
1: it's so uncanny, you guys. Like I yeah. just I have a feeling, I don't want to jinx it, yeah. but Team of Destiny. So, <laughs> um,
0: but also last little tidbit, Corbin Carroll, like like you know, we've been hyping him up this entire freaking um show. Uh I wasn't aware that Corbin Carroll was is dating um the current Miss America. What now?
1: I also was not aware of that. <laughs>
0: i was like um I'm, okay I'm corvin Carroll, well, pop off yeah. uh-huh uh-huh yeah emma Broyles, uh beautiful wow. beautiful um young lady i say young lady because you know she's like a baby uh but yeah i guess they I, I guess she went to asu and i guess that's how they met i don't know I, but this is this is what i need you to find out though michaela like okay, i need you to and you find out like how they met and like how long they've been dating. I'll dig it up. I'll get some tea. Yeah. Fun fact,
1: Corbin Carroll actually took 56 credits of college at ASU while during the pandemic, trying to get his degree. So he's yeah. also an ASU. <laughs> guy. So
0: yeah, I like, this is, this is the tea that I need to find out. Beautiful. Um, I'm super jealous. Cause, uh, If you are audio only and you don't actually see me, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I am full Korean. So I have a very round face and I have no cheekbones. And Emma Broyles has beautiful cheekbones because she's half Korean, half um, white. And I'm just super jealous. That we're going to end on that little tidbit. I know everyone's like, Oh my gosh, Susie, this is a baseball podcast. Yeah, I know. But you know, I stalk, um, all of the baseball players and their wives slash girlfriends on social media, just so that I can bring you these kind of tidbits. I love it.
1: You know, you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. Yeah.
0: So, um, Michaela, tell the people where they can find um, you, the shows, all of that fun stuff.
1: So you can follow me on Twitter at Michaela E for Elizabeth Perkins. I had to throw my middle initial in there because apparently there's a lot of Michaela Perkinses out there. Um, and then you can also follow my company at PHNX underscore sports. And if you're looking for the best Diamondbacks content on the face of the planet, I'm a biased, obviously, because I help make it. But um, we're on Twitter at PHNX underscore d We're going to be bringing you all of the best World Series coverage. So definitely go follow them and check them out. The account is going to be popping. And we also will be live for a pregame and a postgame show, every single game during this World Series. So, uh, check out on YouTube, PHNX Sports, and you can watch our Diamondbacks show on YouTube and also download it wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Perfect. And so, I will link all of those in the episode description um below and um so that you guys you guys can follow the the super awesome um podcast um just know that there's less cussing on that show and I know that well, we have like a swear jar there's it. a lot
1: of cussing now we had to get a swear jar our GM was like you guys <laughs> calm down I think it dropped like 60 f-bombs when we beat the Dodgers so
0: <laughs> I love it I love it so much and I was like you know what like I, this 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 is the type of content I need like I need all of the swearing especially when you know something gigantic like that happens so I'm just saying. Um, but again, Michaela, I appreciate all of your time. Thank you. Thank I know, you for today, having think, like, me. This is awesome. I love crazy. girls in
1: baseball. So yeah. shout out to you for being an awesome girl in baseball. We rock. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so
0: again, go follow uh, Michaela, go follow the show. And with that, we will say um, good night, goodbye, and yay baseball. Woo! And
1: fuck the Dodgers all
0: day, every day. Fuck the Dodgers. <laughs>